Hello, and welcome to our weekly podcast of Who's Here in the Hamptons. I'm Dan Retiner, your host, broadcasting from my home in the Hamptons, where I have lived for over 55 years. I've written a dozen books about this glorious place, and I've seen it grow through the years from small tourist towns, quaint fishing villages, and a summer playground for high society, to what it is today, a world-class resort for celebrities, artists, musicians, authors, and billionaires. In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with not only these people, but also prominent local people who have helped shape the Hamptons. Welcome to Dan's Talks. My guest today is Dave McEnany, who was a partner in HopeWorks, one of the extraordinary outfits that raises money for disadvantaged people in amounts that have beyond what I've ever imagined. And I thought uh, we ought to talk about that. But I think the first thing I'd like to ask you about is where are you from and uh, how did you get interested in this sort of thing? Where were you raised? (laughs) Well, I was raised in Connecticut, West Hartford. I don't know. Came on a class trip to New York City when I was 12 and got back on the bus and said, I'm moving here as soon as I can. And I moved to New York City when I was 17. So, you know, a long life in the fashion industry. But uh, I met Kevin and uh, my husband in college at uh, night school when I was modeling. And he was already at Phoenix House. And he introduced me to the not-for-profit world. And uh, what's Phoenix House and uh, where was it located? That you- Phoenix House was the largest was the largest drug rehab in the United States. And Kevin grew to run it for 37 years. He was chief operating officer nationally. So it was all across the country, I guess 5,000 people in treatment at any given time. But anyway, he taught me a lot about the not-for-profit world while I stayed in fashion. And we moved out. We bought our house out here in, in on East End in 79, got involved with Sag Harbor Softball and a church out here, the Bridgehampton Presbyterian Church, and realized that, hey, in this really wealthy area, there were a lot of people that needed vital human services and, um, and just kept kept going. It was um, in, very interesting for me to learn so much about the local community out here. What was, what was the mission of Phoenix House and how did it function? And where was uh, it out here? Uh, they have one in East Hampton. Um, they have an outpatient facility or a, a men's facility in East Hampton. They have an outpatient facility. I believe it's in Hoppog. But, you know, the bulk of their in, in the 70s and 80s, 90s were in, they had regions in New York, California, Texas, Florida, and New England. So he had, you know, separate boards in each of the areas. Um, and they did residential they treatment. Residential for? treatment for drug abuse. Um, they had prison programs that they ran. It was a massive service organization for people with addiction. From that, uh, did, did, you, did HopeWork start at that time? It did. When, actually, when Kevin left mm-hmm. Phoenix House... We started HopeWorks together because then I was modeling less and, you know, was looking, I wanted to do things too in service. And I had um, been helping to organize the Artists and Writers game in East Hampton. Leaf Hope had asked me, and I guess it was 2006 to help. And uh, it was amazing because I got to work with uh, local charities. It was the Eleanor Whitmer Early Childhood Center and the uh, East End Hospice. And at that point, Phoenix House. And then we added the retreat. But in the nine years that I helped organize it, we went, we built it up to, uh, in 2014, each of the four charities got $50,000. We were grooming the uh, Bridgehampton Child and Recreational Center to become the fifth charity. They got $1,000 that year, too. <laughs> well, was... And then you can take it from there because I'm involved with them now because of you. Well, uh, you've, um, 
you've moved on from that. And what what fun what uh, organizations are you now working uh, doing fundraising for? Well, right now, I primarily have been working for the Bridgehampton Child Care Recreational Center, and it's great. It was really a hidden gem in the community. Is um, a lot of people know it now because it has this beautiful new building. During COVID, I uh, helped co-found an organization called the East End Fund for Children. And that was a coalition of not-for-profits, similar to what the Artists and Writers game was, where not-for-profits are kind of working together for the better good. And that was Dan Shedrick who came up with the idea and got me together with a development person at Eleanor Whitmore Early Childhood Center and with CME, the Children's Museum of the East End, who serves kids and also has was running a food pantry and a Head Start then. And we thought it was going to be just a COVID thing, but uh, Citarella loved, loved it when we pitched them to give locally. They did a roundup for us in 2021. Uh, we just finished our third roundup with them. What is and a roundup? That means you add, they ask every customer in all three of their East End stores, East Hampton, Bridgehampton, and Southampton, to give. And each of the charities has gotten I don't know, about $15,000 each. So over $300,000 has been raised for the seven organizations that make up the East End Fund for Children. And we mm-hmm. serve children from Riverhead to Montauk, 3,500 kids altogether. How, how, did, how does it raise money? From, its um, for, from Citarella, from them asking customers from donations, from the Guerreros chipping in, but also they make these canvas bags. This is the second year they've done it. And we have a contest with art from our children. And if you go into Citarella, you see these beautiful tote bags with photographs or paintings from our children. And Walter Bernard, who's a very well-known graphic designer out here, who you know, designed our logo. And there were seven parts to the fish on the logo bag, which is very exciting. What were the charities that... Uh, they are the Bridgehampton Child Care Recreational Center, the Children's Museum of the East End, the Eleanor Wartmore Early Childhood Center, I Try, Project Most, Southampton Youth Association, and The Retreat. Wow. Just wonderful work you, work you do. Mm-hmm. I, and I know of your work because I'm on the board of the Bridgehampton Child Care mm-hmm. Center. Mm-hmm. The amounts of money that have been raised in the last five years is just remarkable. And you've been helpful and responsible for much of it. And uh, yeah, thank just, you. It's uh, just, um, we just built a, uh, as a result, we've been able to, where there was just an old farmhouse, we now have a new 7,000 square foot building mm-hmm. at the child care center, mm-hmm. and uh, which was, uh, we managed to raise over $3 million mm-hmm. for this to help the local yeah. uh, children mm-hmm. of the disadvantaged communities mm-hmm. in Bridgehampton, Sag Harbor, and East Hampton. I will tell you, Dan, that I don't really ever call myself a fundraiser because I don't look at myself that way. I think I'm a friend raiser and a marketer, and I don't ever support anything unless I truly believe in it. And I think it's just the enthusiasm and getting the word out that then makes people want to give. Yeah, um, I think and so. And Bonnie Cannon, who's our director, is the visionary person that made all this possible. And I know. When I met Bonnie, I just, it just changed my life because I learned so, so much from her about yep. the community and the needs of this community. So, um, you know, it's great. I um, love it. Do you have any goals for um, future? <laughs> goals for the future. I want, <laughs> let's see. I, I want a community garden that actually Ed Hollander already designed for us, built at the Child Care Center that will honor um, alumni and bring more attention to the center. 
beautiful pollinator garden. I want everybody in the area to understand the massive amount of work that the child care center does and that it is a full service community center. I mean, we have a breast, con um, breast cancer awareness of expo today, I mean, um, this Saturday, along with a trunk or treat in, in partnership with the Hayground School. I just went and bought, you know, a truckload of candy at Costco so that I can uh, fill our car and decorate it with spiders and things. I'm not sure how I'm going to do it yet, but it's, it's a lot of fun. And that helps all the families and it unites us with the Hayground School families too. I mean, and that's, I think the secret, one of the big secrets of the success and what Bonnie's done is partnering with all the other organizations, partnering with Guild Hall, the parish, Hayground, SOFO, SIMI. Um, you know, they don't reinvent the wheel. They partner with everyone. And uh, I think we're all better together. When you met your husband, how did you meet him? And uh, you met, you met him. <laughs> was he already living out in the Hamptons? No. Yeah, well, he had grown up on Long Island. So he used to come here and he was renting a little house right at the end of um, where Peter's Pond Beach was. It was sure. a little house there when I started dating him. But we had met in college at Fordham because I had promised my dad I would go back I would go to college, even though I started modeling at 17 and went and lived in Europe for a couple of years. And right off the bat, Kevin sat next to me in the night school and it was a culture and community class. And the professor said, you have to do a report with someone on something in the community. And I said, oh, and I, he looked over at me, and said, how about Phoenix House? Was he and at he Fordham? Got, you were he, both was, at Fordham. he was at Fordham and going to night school because he wanted his degree. And I went to it for Phoenix House to see it do a tour. We did the report. We got an A. And uh, <laughs> then summer came and he had this little house out here. And um, I started meeting um, all the writers that were playing softball. With the, the game started in 1976 when we met the regular Saturday softball game, which just finished its 48th season. So it tell, was just tell us a little bit about that. That's the one that John Leo uh, used to yes. run. And it's in yes. Massachusetts Park every Saturday. And it has been so for half a century. Yeah, it's from 40. We just finished our 48th season. Uh, John ran the game for uh, 30 years and it was great. I mean, it was just so funny. He kept all the stats. He was just amazing. Then he handed the book over to me after 30 years and said, getting a little old, Deb, you're the only one that will keep this going. So we've done everything we can to keep it going. I did stop carrying the equipment myself and with my <laughs> husband over there and making the teams two years ago, actually when COVID happened and it was more important for me to um, be with my granddaughters when they came out than play softball. But I still do it and still do the parties. Well, the, the, these were softball games that were held every Saturday morning. Or is it in yes. the morning or the afternoon? In the morning. Nine o'clock. 9.30 is game time. Batting practice at nine. And some of the uh, great writers of the area participated in some of the... But this oh, was... the regular writers were Ken Aletta, um, the regular people, Carl Bernstein, Ken Aletta, Walter Isaacson. John Leo, Ed Tivnan, I mean, Alice Mayhew was involved, uh, Peter Jennings, Mort Zuckerman. It was incredible for me as like a 22 year old to meet all these people. <laughs> um, it was, they were just, it was just amazing. The brilliance was amazing on the softball field. Did you play or did you just set up? I played, play? I made a fool of myself the first four years. And when Kevin and I got married in 1980, I realized it was going to be our, our family sport. Okay. So I took it a little bit more seriously. And uh, also some the local painters, not local, but living out oh, here. Oh, yes. Eric Ernst. Oh, yeah. It was um, Eric Ernst was one of our key players. Actually, Eric was just visiting from Hawaii. I had a dinner for him <laughs> on Monday night. He's living in Maui now. 
but we have William Quigley. Um, yeah, there were a lot of great artists that played. The, but I was playing on these Saturday games, so I knew the writers better at that point. Now, the artist-writers game predates this. Um, oh, yes. Some of, And that occurs as an annual event. So did this game just sort of evolve from that? Well, the no, it was, um, I think because Leaf, there used to be a game in East Hampton that Leaf Hope played in with um, Ben Heller and uh, I think um, Larry Katz. There were a bunch of people. And they used to play our Saturday softball game from Sag Harbor once a year. And that was super competitive. And then that game kind of dissolved, I guess, when Sam, Sam Cohen was the pitcher for that game. And then Leaf and Eric and a few of the people that played with the East Hampton team started playing with us. And so then it started kind of mixing. And then when I was asked to help Leaf, Leaf asked me to help organize the game and, and raise some money for it. I kind of meshed the two. I blended, I blended the lines as much as I could to get more people interested in supporting the charities is what happened. Are there any charities that you think you're going to move to pull into your so-called fold where you will? Well, I love Maureen's Havens and I've talked to the board members quite a bit. Um, You know, I just on not-for-profits and Russell Blue's a dear friend, also a softball player. And the great thing is now um, Bonnie Cannon, the director of the Bridge Hampton Child and Recreational Center, has formed a partnership with Maureen's Havens. And we're, the, the center is going to be housing the homeless twice a week, yep. Wednesdays and Sundays from November to um, March, which is great. And I've got, you know, I, I will always be a little, you know, involved with Phoenix House locally here. We collect clothes for them whenever they need it. Uh, my husband actually spoke for um, Overdose Awareness Day for them a month ago. But, you know, we stay always open to anything that's going on here. Do you, do you think uh, over, you've been doing this now for 30 years. How is, it, how is the, um, the, pop, the needy population change? Is there more of it that's in need? There or? is. Well, now, I mean, the, the, the cost of food and housing out here has just put people at a very strong disadvantage. The thing that I see that's so positive about what's happened here, COVID and, I don't know, George Floyd was kind of a perfect storm. You know what? And also a lot of people moved out here that were only weekenders and started maybe reading the local papers and realizing, hey, there are people in need out here, too. Instead of just seeing being here and enjoying the beautiful beaches and the wonderful restaurants. And there are a lot of people now with a social conscience that realize that the need out here and that there really are large populations in each of the towns. You mentioned Floyd. Uh, what was that about? Um, that George Floyd, when um, the, the terrible killing of George Floyd. It was, you know, it oh. just, it, remember oh. there were the Black Lives Matter walks and it was just, uh, I mean, it happened in COVID. It was just a whole, you know. Yes, right. Conclusion of things. Yeah. And oh, because the center is an historically black institution, we, we paid a lot of attention to that, of course. Yep, it did. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been wonderful talking to you and look, learning more about all the things you do. It's hard to imagine anyone that is more dedicated to this wide group of needy people that I've ever met. I think uh, Bonnie is extraordinary and focused on on, um, the uh, millions of dollars that was uh, needed. And um, I'm just so glad you're here. I I really mean that. Well, I'm glad I'm here too. And it's wonderful, it's challenging, and it's a great way never to worry about yourself. (laughs) 
or anything else is going on. I just can get consumed with uh, the kids and, and what's happening. So it's great. Thanks again. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. 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 <laughs>